This week in the 90s podcast. Hey, it's episode <laughs> seven. It is. It's episode seven. Hey, welcome to This Week in the 90s. Chris Brockman. I'm Sarah Tiana. What's happening? Oh, football is happening. Yeah, so before we get into this week's show, I wanted to ask you, we're taping this on Monday, mm-hmm. um, how was your first week one of the 2020 season? How'd it go for you? It was very stressful and exhausting, Like, because on top of just having an infant that I have to watch, having all <laughs> these other games to watch... It was very, you know, I felt like my eyes were exhausted at the end of the Yeah, normally the most stressful thing on a Sunday is like, how's your fantasy team doing? How are my bets? I'm trying to watch all the games. Why did I bet on the Jets? Yeah, I'm, (laughs) well, there's your first problem. If you're betting on the Jets, uh, 1-800-GAMBLER for all your (laughs) gambling degenerate needs. Uh, um, Yeah, you're just trying to monitor like. Do I flip back in red zone? Do I watch my team? Or do yeah. I go back and forth? It's a commercial. Let me try to beat the snap here. I think here. we've discussed how we're going to amend that. We're going to buy another television. Yeah, so I think we have the one big one in the living room, and then we kind of watch red zone on the computer. Sometimes we'll go split screen if our teams are playing at the same time. Falcons, Patriots. But I think screw it. Like Life's too short to not have multiple TVs during the football season. Yeah. But it's not just that it's just football season. It's that there's also baseball yes, on, there's exactly. hockey on, there's basketball on. Like, golf's going to be going next weekend. It's like right. there's too much going on. No, like, there's too much oh. going on. Normally, there aren't uh, major golf championships in the fall. Uh, <laughs> normally, there's not NBA playoffs, like conference finals in September. Uh, big horse races. <laughs> hockey. Uh, hockey playoffs are going. Like, There's just too much happening. Too much. Normally, baseball is happening, but you know your team's at least usually out of it by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. My team has been in it. Your team has been out of My it. My team had the, one of the greatest seasons ever two years ago. Two years ago. And now we stink. But uh, so, yeah, uh, your team, how do you feel after one week about your oh, Atlanta Falcons? Falcons? Oh, yeah. I actually don't feel as bad as I did. Like, first of all, I think the Seahawks might be one of the best teams in the league. I think you're right. Uh, I think we stopped them. Like can, we stopped them quite a few times. We just gave them great field position mm. by going for it on fourth down. So we were like being a little risky. Yeah. To me, it felt like a preseason game, and I felt like there's not a time like with no preseason, there really isn't a time to kick the dust off. So right. like even with all these teams, like I'm ragging on Tom Brady, I'm ragging on oh, Drew sure. Brees it's because they're fun. in my division now. Yeah. And our division is just full of like these old forty year olds, but like goats though. Great. Yeah. Like, it's such All a good timers. division. Yeah. So I just feel like this season is going to be really good. I felt like the Bucks didn't look that great. Nope. I didn't think the Saints looked that great. Nope. Obviously, the Panthers don't look that great. I think it's going to be a good division, like, this year. And, and I think... I, th- I thought all of the defenses, I thought the Bucks defense, the, the Saints defense, and the Falcons defense looked really good. Yeah. And I think the Falcons can put up a lot of scores because we our offensive weapons were off the chart. Gurley was better than I thought. Yep. Gage was better than I thought. Like, I'm, I'm pretty excited about them. Yeah. Uh, you think playoff or is that going to well, be tough? Well, yeah, I'm always rooting yeah, for the sure, playoffs. Yeah, sure, of course. And I'm hoping for the playoffs. Do I think we're good enough? Yes. Do I... I think our offensive line has to get stronger and work harder and not miss blocks. Yeah. Because there's a couple times when, like, if they don't miss a block, Gurley's wide open. Right. You know? And that's, like, automatic. Like, if we can play like we played in our two-minute drill, like mm-hmm. we do the whole game, you know what I mean? We just we missed a field goal. We got to, you know, we're going for it on fourth down. Then, you know, he fumbles. We get the fourth down, but he fumbles. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like... Yeah. You know, it's like you got. I think you got to kick the dust off. If we lose the next game, I might be a little bit yeah. more worried. What's super exciting too is uh, seventh playoff team this year. So it goes from yeah. twelve to fourteen total playoff teams, uh, three wild cards instead of two in each each conference. That's uh, very exciting. How did you feel? Uh, who looked great to you? Um, who stood out? I mean, obviously, you saw a lot of Russell Wilson yesterday. He looked like an MVP. Oh, I think Jamal Adams is like out of his mind. Good. Yeah. He felt, I felt like he was making every play. I'm like, how are you on every side of the field? Right. Uh, you mean just with the Seahawks? I just or? mean overall, like went throughout watching Red Zone and watching some of the games yesterday, like who stood out for you? Oh, well, I mean, I have David Johnson, so he really stood out on Thursday night with yep. Houston. I think he's going to be a big playmaker. Obviously, I think Kyler Murray yeah. is like insanely good. Like, 
if he doesn't run out of bounds, like he's just like getting touchdowns. Yeah, he's amazing. Right. He's so like, fast. Nobody could tackle him. Uh, so he was really fun. Plus him connecting with DeAndre Hopkins was really fun. I think Aaron Rodgers, like I said, all like pissed off Aaron Rodgers. Pissed off Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, dangerous. But again, they started out slow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they had to really. Everybody was kicking the dust off. I think Lamar Jackson looked great again. Yeah, just like last year. Uh, The Reds, the Washington football team. (laughs) Almost did it. That's red. Burgundy and gold. I think they look good. I mean. There's a lot of teams that l- looked really I – th- it felt a little bit more cons- – I felt like Arizona was the only new team in there that I felt like, yeah. oh, wow, they're, they're going to be interesting. What about not having preseason? Do you think that – do you like it? Did you not I, that's like why I it? I felt like this game for everybody was a preseason yeah. game. So I feel like it's kind of hard to judge on the first game when you haven't right. played fast, you're you haven't winded, hit anybody else. You haven't hit anybody, yeah. you know, um, you've been quarantined, you've been away from family. That's why seeing people get injured was even worse because devastating. Like, the amount of effort that went into you being there this season. And making it, yeah. It's been a long yeah. long off season. What about it was, you? It was funny. We talked to uh, Matt Nagy, Bears head coach mm-hmm. and Meg Mayock, Raiders general manager today and you know, Rich asked him the same question. Like, do you think this is going to lead to no preseason? Like, what would you vote on that? And it's funny. Both guys immediately said, no, I'm not in favor of that. Uh, at the bare minimum, we need two games. Yeah. So I don't think preseason is going to go away altogether because I don't think the coaches will allow it. And I don't think the owners would allow it because, you know, it's a, a cheap way to make make some money. It's also a rehearsal. And it's also a you know, chance for guys to make teams, like you said, shake the rust off and kind of. Just get the juices flowing. You can't just jump out there and go gung ho week one. No, I think that's a little a little tough to pull you off in the NFL. Not you could rehearse for anything, right? You could do it in college. I know college doesn't have any preseason games, but they a lot have of scrimmages, teams though, and they have a lot of teams play cupcakes week one, and so all your big schools are playing some crap ass teams week yeah. one, and so that's their chance to kind of shake it off and have their version of preseason. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Just where we were at the end of the Super Bowl and this whole pandemic and just a Super Bowl shirt and you like bought me. wondering that was a great time. That was a great week. That was the last normal week <laughs> I think we've had. But, uh, you know, just wondering if we were actually going to have football and what it was going to look like. And, yeah. you know, aside from no fans and the weird pumped in crowd noise that the TV broadcast use kind of looked like football. It was awesome to just sit around and yeah, kick back and watch the games. It just it felt normal. There were no positive tests. We'll see how, what happens at the end of this week, if anything comes from the two teams mashing up together. But leading into it, no teams had a positive test. And it was kind of – it felt like a normal Sunday in pick a year. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like you, like you and I were disappointed because we would have been at that Rams game yesterday. Right. That was the only kind of bummer. We are Rams season ticket holders, and they opened up the new stadium, yeah. which looked absolutely incredible on television mm-hmm. last night, but we would have been there. Uh, I would have ca- talked you into jumping into the six-acre lake that they <laughs> built in Inglewood, uh, but it would have been a great time. Hold and the baby. I'll go. <laughs> I'll, I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I mean, it felt super normal and i think that's a good feeling because it yeah nothing's really felt normal since march but here's the thing about football is like it's kind of more fun to watch on tv you can just see more yeah i like hearing the players curse at each other and yell at each right. other and uh i mean it's mostly close up of the players anyway what you're not getting are cutaways of the fans i guess you're not technically hearing it but it didn't feel like I don't. I, it felt very similar to me. It didn't feel yeah. so different to yeah. me. And a lot of that is we're switching back and forth. We're watching Red Zone, so yeah, I'm mostly listening to Siciliano on sure, Sundays than sure. I am uh, the fans, yeah, yeah. you know, in Jacksonville. Yeah, I thought the funniest thing that came out uh, all the post game quotes. The funniest thing is that first off, the post game zooms that all the players yeah, and coaches weird. are doing. That's super weird. Yeah. But uh, somebody asked Bill Belichick. You know, of all his years in football, if he could compare what it was like not having fans or any of that. And Bill just goes, practice. <laughs> yeah. Like the game felt like a practice to him just because of the atmosphere yeah. and er- everything that kind of went into it. So I think that was weird. I, I got to imagine for the players and the coaches, like that's different. I think. The saddest thing that I saw was like cutaways of the practice squad sitting in the stands. <laughs> like Josh Rosen? Yeah, just that sitting there the with a mask ever. on, yeah. distanced apart, 
with clipboards, just watching just a like, game that mm. they wish they were playing. <laughs> and Josh Rosen deserves to be playing. He deserves He's to be such playing a good somewhere. court. Like he yeah, shouldn't know, be in the like guy. the fact that Jameis Winston is standing on a sideline and Josh Rosen is sitting in the stands is the most obnoxious thing I've ever yeah, seen. So such bad luck. The fact Josh. that Trubitsky is starting, I know he made Had a, a huge comeback. comeback. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's also preseason week one. I know it's not. It, we'll see. I know. All right, just excited football's back. So just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, a great, great NFL Sunday. Uh, we're back. Okay, episode seven. Mm-hmm. You did. September what six to the twelfth, nineteen ninety. You were gonna ask. Week. I don't remember. No, I remember exactly <laughs> what you did because you did nineteen ninety. And you know what's funny? I'm also gonna do nineteen ninety. <gasps> the following How week. How dare you? I'm gonna steal your thunder. And you know what? I'm also gonna I'm gonna steal your thunder. This is how I'm gonna steal your thunder. Bum bum. What's your favorite show? Law and Order. Your favorite show is Law and Order. September thirteenth. That's not how it goes though. Bum bum. Bum bum. That's it. Boom, don't boom. That's not how What is it? Don't don't. It's the, uh, what did, was the difference between boom, what boom? you did and what no, I did? Bum bum is like not emotional. Bum bum. Don't don't. Oh gosh. September 13th, 1990, your favorite show of all time, Law and Order debuted. No way. Can you believe it? Wow, no I cannot. 1990. Yeah, so Law and Order ran for 20 years. It be, uh, premiered September 13th, 1990. The original Law and Order. The origi- the, I'm talking about the oh, OG, yeah, the OG Goat Law and Order. I'm trying to think if I've seen the pilot. See, I've seen the pilot for the D'Onofrio season, Criminal Intent. Okay. And I think I've seen the SVU pilot. I can't remember if I've seen the Law and Order pilot. Ran all the way till May 24th. 2010, 456 episodes produced and aired. NBC's longest-running crime drama, tied for the longest-running primetime scripted drama with Gunsmoke. Oh wow! I would not have got that. Yeah. So here, so here's some uh, just here's some background on uh, on Law and Order. So Dick Wolf, of course, the the absolute one of my regular customers at the Four Seasons. Really used to work there before I even watched Law and Order. Couldn't even tell you what Dick Wolf looks like. Just has a great name, Dick Wolf. It sounds like a made up. It actually sounds like a made up crime drama name, like District Attorney Dick Wolf. Yeah, he's a big dude. Big dude, huh? Tall dude. Oh, husky. Thick two C's. Uh, you know, like like a haggard. Definitely looks like an attorney that you wouldn't want to face. Like someone that's maybe done hard time but wears a suit. Like like stubble, like pack a day, like whiskey no, voice, like no, but just like you know, like uh, rough looking, like yeah, he's like he's skin, seen some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like like, like a catcher's mitt face. Yeah, yeah. and he had um, this new young wife yeah of course he did who was pregnant they were like living there because they were remodeling their house so i would see him like every day he's dick well oh, okay here we go i'm looking at him right now i'd never seen what he looked like uh, couldn't even pick him out of the lineup the uh it's just whatever's on wikipedia yeah, yeah, I was gonna yeah. Say, he looks like one of nixon's cronies you know what i mean like, <laughs> like someone, he broke into the watergate hotel <laughs> yeah like he's like i know how to pick locks <laughs> you know like uh yeah i mean he's a genius and a genius. um Genius. Probably, I, I, w- I wonder. Went if to he's the University of Pennsylvania more, Ivy League. Do you think he's worth more than any other producer? I mean, because like, when Law and Order started, residuals were still good. Yeah. So. And then he got five spinoffs. I would say, uh, I would say him and probably Chuck Lorre are neck and neck, uh-huh. depending on what uh, net w- celebrity net worth site you look at. Uh, he's anywhere from three hundred to six hundred million dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say at least. Yeah, it's got to be in the hundreds of millions. Yeah, and Chuck Lorre, he's you know he's got Big Bang and Two and a Half Men. Current and all, sitcoms. And all that he's got a lot. Whereas yeah, Dick he's Wolf got had five spinoffs of the yeah. biggest show ever. So Chuck Lorre is uh, you know it says eight hundred here. So I mean those two guys are the goats for TV. Yeah. You know for TV net worse and just what they put together, but okay, so sorry, Dick Wolf, no, all good. Dick Wolf uh, in 1988 developed this concept for the show. He wanted a series that would depict uh, an optimistic picture of um, the American criminal justice system in New York City. So he originally toyed with the idea of calling it Night and Day. Oh, interesting. And settled upon the Law and Order with the first half of each episode. Uh, would follow two detectives and their commanding officer as they investigate a crime, and then the second half would focus on the the 
district attorney and the lawyers and all mm-hmm. that stuff mm-hmm. and, and wrapping it up. So initially, Fox ordered this show. Whoa. It was going to be on Fox, 13 episodes just on the concept, no pilot or anything. <gasps> they just bought the show. But the network head back then uh, balked and reversed his decision. Although he loved the idea, this guy Barry Diller said he didn't believe it was a Fox show. Definitely not. It's an NBC show. Yeah, it's an NBC <laughs> show. Then Dick Wolf went to CBS, which ordered a pilot. It was called Everybody's Favorite Bagman, which is written by Wolf about s- corrupt city officials involved with the mob. Uh-huh. That was the pilot. CBS liked it, but did not order because there were no breakout stars mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it then went to NBC. And the rest, as they say, is history. The success of Law and Order, uh, five spinoffs: SVU, Special Victims Unit, Law and Order Criminal Intent, Law and Order Trial by Jury, Law and Order Los Angeles, and Law and Order True Crime, as well as a TV movie, Exile, the Law and Order <laughs> movie. So crazy. I only watch Criminal Intent, SVU, and the original Law and Order, and like. Who was in the pilot of the original Law and Order? Was it? Um, okay, so I, I, uh, yeah, I had this. Hold on, I had because a, when we were just watching Homeland, the the uh, the guy that played the vice president, the president, the female president's like assistant, remember? Yeah. Uh, he was big Law and Order guy. I forget his name, but um, yeah. So the pilot um, starred Max Greavy. Oh, by George, by George DeZunda, and Chris Noth was in it. He was in the original pilot. Oh, he was. Yeah, because he came in late into in, in another episode, but like, but yeah, he so might he have come in again. He might have left and then come back. Yeah, so he left and came back. So he did the first five seasons as like a right. de- detective, and then came back to Criminal Intent yeah, because then, then D'Onofrio the was there, side. and then Noth was. And then Jeff Goldblum took over after dinner. Yeah, so Stephen Hill played the district attorney. He was there for the first nine years. Uh, Michael Moriarty was on for the first four years. Jerry Orbach, who's uh, mm-hmm. most uh, most known with that show, he came in uh, at the start of season three and went oh, all, and went all the way to season 14. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, Sam Watterson, he didn't join until season five and then went all the way to the end. Man. But it's crazy, you know, the list of people who, uh, I mean, just just, just some of the cast, members, like Paul Sorvino was on in the beginning, and of course, Joe Hennessy, Benjamin Bratt, Angie Harmon, uh, Dennis Farina was on, uh, Anthony Anderson was on at the end, but it, it, you watch an episode of Law and & Order, and you're like, oh, there's so-and-so, like every major big TV star, movie star. Oh, every time they, I watch it, I'm like, oh. They cut their chops. Kristen Bell. Yeah, they did an episode or two of yeah. Law & Order yeah. uh, coming up. Now, it's your favorite show. I, I just want to get into like the how and the why. Do you remember the first time you saw it? What did you like about it? Um, why and how did it stay your favorite show after all these years? I forget what I was watching. It was definitely because I was watching you. Oh, you know why? Because it was like right around the time that I started be becoming friends with um, Nick, with Dolph Ziggler, okay. who was a wrestler. And so I would watch his wrestling on USA. Right. And after wrestling was over, Law & Order was on. Law mm. & Order lives on USA Network, right? And so I just started watching more and more. And that was usually SVU. And then okay. uh, every once in a while they would play. I mean, it was like constant marathons. Constant. Uh, and so it just became this thing that I would just have on during the day instead of watching a movie or just some like random show. Or right. once I was done with Netflix and then I would be on the road and it was like I wouldn't have Netflix or whatever to watch. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, oh, they have USA. Oh, Law and Order's on. Law and Order's And I would on. always fall asleep to it because I knew they were going to solve the crime. <laughs> so I didn't have any... Like I didn't have any fear. It didn't make me scared or anything like that. Now I can't watch it anymore because I have a child and I'm terrified of everything. Right. But when you're single and you're just like, it it like empowers you. It makes you feel stronger. You, it made me ask lots more questions when I was like alone. I was like, Oh, that's a very good question. It made me, it made me feel observant and more skeptical of people. Hmm. And I think that is very healthy when you're a woman living alone. Yeah. So, and then, you know, it was also just so fun. I mean, watching Ice-T in SVU, he was my favorite character because 
whenever something smelled bad, tasted gross, or looked funny, that was when Ice T had a line. He like, would oh say shit, it. that's rancid. You know? <laughs> like he would, it was always his line, you know, to give you right, right, the right. sense of like what the scene smelled like okay. or looked like, like or se- felt like. like. Set yeah, the yeah. He, he was yeah, so re- uh, repeat started after the 95 96 season. So it only took six years for it to like bam, mm-hmm. smack dab into syndication. It was on A&E back in the day, mm-hmm. in the beginning, and they're kind of credited with giving a, a new new audience to the to Law & Order. Like, people would see it. Oh, we should tune in. What's the show on? Oh, it's on uh-huh. NBC. They go over there. And then in 2002, it ran for six years on uh, A&E. A&E did not renew because it was four times the original price. Yep. I believe that. To keep the syndication because it was just <clears throat> out of this world, uh, popular and crazy expensive. Uh, and then, uh, like you said, it went to USA, and now it's on Sundance, TNT, WGN, WeTV, Bounce. It's on everything, and now you can stream on order on, on our Peacock. DVR. On Peacock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> on the Peacock app. Download the Peacock app. Well, you also, um, D'Onofrio came into your studio, and I ordered the yeah. Law and Order Criminal Intent Pilot, and you had him sign and it And I had him me. sign it for you. Yeah. And he was like, oh, man, look at this thing. I'm like... D'Onofrio, yeah. who played Thor in Adventures in Babysitting, you know? D'Onofrio got his break as uh, in Full Metal Jacket. Oh, right. Yeah. As Gomer Pyle. He's, uh, he, like, a lot of people don't like the criminal intent. Yeah, so I'm going to ask that you, like, which thing. one do you like the most? That's so, the one uh, I so love I the most. So I assume that you've seen all five See, different versions. SVU so. is great, but it is, like, a little too much like okay. as a woman like it's hard to see that much crime against women so what, a lot of like rapes and a lot, a lot of rape assaults and all molestations that stuff. with okay. kids yeah that's rough. like Can't it's a that. little too much Can't do that. criminal intent is usually finding some sort of serial killer or like a killer d'onofrio would always find the killer because he's like oh do you smell that <laughs> that's that's jasmine it's a tea you know, like he like he would find right, the weirdest right. way of right. solving the crime. But he always had like these alternative methods of solving the crime. And he would like use every sense available, mm-hmm. whether it was like he knew like, oh, that's calligraphy. That's from the 1800s. <laughs> that's from a Japanese sensei, you know, and you're like, right. what? How does he know this? Yeah. And uh, it was just like so interesting to me that he was just so smart right whereas like svu is like obviously about like and svu benson is, I- is ice tea that's ice tea okay. that's olivia benson that's stabler like that like uh elliot stabler like that they are uh they are the lead detectives in that okay. and um oh man uh, richard uh i always forget but that guy's last name but he's a comedy store guy um oh richard belzer belzer yeah Yeah. r.i.p but like yeah he was in it too and he was always great and so um i just tended to like criminal intent because it was less about sexual sexual crime right and more about like it, like bizarre crimes. Okay. So it felt like it was not going to happen to me. Right. <laughs> what happened to these people? Sure, sure, sure. You know, and like, like a gambler would die, and he would know something about cards. You know. Of course. <laughs> this make of card it was from the 1860s. Right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah, was just yeah, yeah. like this wise guy. Okay, so he's your favorite character he's my out favorite of all character. of them. Okay, yeah, I was yeah, gonna yeah. ask you if you could, if you wanted to power rank throughout all the different shows, like, yeah, because. Uh, what um i would say him i would say uh goldblum was on chris knoth right knoth is pretty great orbach was great i mean i think sam watterson was probably my second favorite he might be my second favorite because he was a a lawyer but then i think he eventually became the da Mm -hmm. and um you know, just a man of the people. Like, right. always, like, anytime a man stands up for women and their rights, it was like, I think Law & Order also started, they followed, um, they they remained topical. That was the other thing. Like, yeah. SVU does a really good job of ripping things from the headlines. Yeah, and that's kind of what Dick Wolf wanted to do. That was right, his, that they was were, his like, based on beginning. true stories. Right. And so, but, like, I remember Gaffigan was in, uh, I think he, it was in SVU 1, and he played like the father of like six kids. 
and oh yeah and yeah, they yeah, were yeah. a reality show and then oh, like nice. you know it turned out like he they like wasn't really a family man you know what i mean and like got caught right that's funny he's been in a few playing different things one other time he owned like a or his family owned like a funeral home or something and they were like illegally burying bodies oh. <laughs> like, Ballin'. like sometimes it ends and you're like was that a crime <laughs> or were they like, just a bad person? Seems like he's just kind of a weirdo, and like, uh, yeah. but it did make me a little bit more savvy as to like when things were illegal and when they were not. In your own like, life, kind of. Yeah, I think so, and just like a little bit more well aware mm. of like that's not right. It's that's not. Yeah. Like I don't know anything about the legal system no, or of course law not. or anything like that. No. You know, I read Twitter, and there sure are a lot of lawyers and doctors on there. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it just was like uh, a good way to just it, it felt like you were staying current, even though you weren't really current. But it, it made me question things. And when someone would talk to me in a way, I'd be like, that's not right. Because <laughs> Olivia Benson <laughs> told another girl that nobody should talk to her like that. And they sued his ass and they won on the TV show. So, <laughs> you know, I think it like. Help me maybe like it felt me made me feel like a, a stronger woman and a stronger comic and a stronger person especially when i lived alone and i was like a little bit more afraid and you would think that shows like that would make you more scared that something was going yeah, to happen of course. but it didn't because they always took care of it and it made me feel so the fact that it they each episode kind of wrapped up in a bow at the end that was like it was like, okay. didn't always wrap up in a bow. Like they weren't always the criminal didn't always get put in prison. The okay. criminal didn't always go to jail. You know what I mean? But like Yeah, I've only ever watched like it with made you. Me, you I was always satisfied at the end. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's a good way of putting yeah. it. So you've never seen an episode? No, I mean I've never seen like on my own, like, oh I'm gonna watch Law and Order. It's always like it it's would on. be on when you, I would come home and you're watching it. <laughs> There's like 18 episodes on the DVR. You're well, more than welcome to watch. I know we have all all different ones recording at the same time. Law and Order is like a Beatles song. There's just playing at yes. any given time of the day. Yeah. On our DVR. But it's also one of those things that I felt like could be on, but I didn't have to be watching like Family Feud. You know what I mean? Like. So do you feel like you could just catch up, like turn I could it on? Half listen. Yeah, you could turn it on in the middle of an episode though, yeah. and you'd be like. Oh, okay. This, this, and this. Are you confident that you've seen every one? I don't think I've seen every one of the original ones, but I think I've seen most all of them. I mean, I definitely haven't seen a few of the spinoffs because they're not syndication. Got like it. The Law and Order New York or whatever that, or the you said trial and yeah, jury. there's like trial and not, yeah, trial and jury. I don't think that last true very long. crime was not same one. thing with like Los Angeles. There's only that three didn't, that, that to didn't me last are long. In there's only three. That yeah, it's SVU, in. Criminal Intent, the original, yeah. the kind of the big, big one. I think I've seen every episode of SVU and Criminal Intent, but I don't know about yeah. the original. And one. then, of course, Dick Wolf does all the Chicago shows now. It's like oh, yeah. sh Chicago Fire and the hospitals and all those. Yeah. Okay, that's fun. September 13th, 1990, <gasps> Law & Order debuts. The unluckiest day was the luckiest day ever. For you, at least. Yeah, <laughs> and Dick Wolf. And Dick Wolf. Okay, uh, also on September 13th, I thought this was kind of cool, uh, Roald Dahl was born. Oh, interesting. Roald Dahl was born uh, September 13th in England. He's, of course, the famous British author of all these great children's stories, James and the Giant Peach, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Danny the Champion of the World, George's Marvelous Medicine, the BFG, the Witches, and Matilda is what he's uh Oh wow. He's I didn't realize for. he did all of those. Yeah. So do you what do you remember about uh, reading those books growing up? And were, did, did you enjoy them? Did you not? Were you indifferent or actually I don't think I really read I think I, I definitely read like Matilda. What were the other ones? James and the Giant Matilda, Peach. Matilda, James and the Giant Peach, yeah. Uh, BFG, which was just a recent movie in recent years. I didn't read that. You know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Probably the most famous I don't know one. if I read those books. I saw the movies. Okay. When I was growing up, I was really, I mean, I read The Berenstain Bears. was like my favorite book when I was little. Yeah, same. And then I got into um, The Babysitter's Club. Oh, okay. And all those Matt Christopher like where books? the red fern grows was like another favorite book of mine. And then once I got to high school, I had to read, um, like had summer reading, and I 
don't think I retained any of that knowledge <laughs> because I hated it so much. Yeah. I was so mad about having to read in the summer that I As opposed to doing didn't what? What have any do- pleasure in it. Therefore, in the I didn't summer retain in- it. Instead of reading, what were you doing instead? Well, I was reading, but I was... All I really wanted to do was just like watch TV and read the Babysitters Club or yeah. like Hang out the watch pool. movies. We had a pool. Yeah, I, I didn't want to do anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, of course. You know that didn't sound fun. I worked so hard during the school year. It didn't feel like I should have to work hard in the summer. I felt like I needed a vacation, and so. Um, yeah, I kind of feel the same way about yeah. that. Yeah, but I definitely saw a lot of those movies. I don't think I. Did you read any of those books? I remember vaguely reading them in the third, fourth, fifth grade, something like that. Did you get a book it? Did you get a pizza? Oh, I better have got a pizza <laughs> out of that. Call back. Yeah, I better have. I um, mean, I definitely. What's your favorite of, out of all of those? I think just because of the movie, it's got to be Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But the movie is Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, right? Which which is the movie? I think it was called Charlie and the Chocolate but it Charlie uh, and the Chocolate Factory. But the movie was called I don't know, was it called Willy Wonka? Yeah, it was yeah, okay, yeah, it was persu- yeah, the movie got produced as Willy Wonka and Did the Chocolate see, Factory, the but way, it was based on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That the Jelly book. Belly guy is doing that? Is doing what? A movie about Joey Bellies? No, no. He's giving he's giving away one of his factories. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's a, going to be a nationwide treasure hunt. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You have to pay $50 for a clue. Okay. And if you find it, you win $5,000 and a chance to win the factory. So this is just going to be rigged for, like, rich people? It's like... Rich people? I don't know. 50, you pay $50 for a clue and then you have to go find it somewhere? Yeah, there's one per state. Oh, okay. One per state. Yeah, one per state, and then. So, what's the best way to win this? You like buy the Delaware one and just go to the <laughs> s- and just go to the smallest state because there's less. That's very smart. Like I would never Vermont, even... New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Delaware, and you just try to find it. Maybe New Jersey because they'd be too dumb to even hear about it. No, <laughs> no offense, New Jersey. Oh, um. Florida because it's all old people <laughs> who love candy. I don't know about Florida. They love their treasure hunting. Everybody's got one of those, like, deet, deet, deet. What are those things? Oh, yeah. A metal detector? (laughs) A what? A deet, deet, deet. My grandfather, big into metal detecting. Oh, yeah. He's got a great collection. So, Roald Dahl had a super, you know, kind of crazy life. He was, like, in the Air Force and, like, fought in World War II and was a diplomat and all this stuff. And then he kind of got into writing. Uh, The first children's... How do you just get into writing? He always wrote and then finally like started publishing and his first children's book was actually called The Gremlins, which was published in 1943 about mischievous... Mischievous? I can't say that word. Mischievous (laughs) little creatures that were part of the Royal Air Force folklore. So it's like, we kind of say it all the time at the studio. Oh man, there's all these gremlins back here causing Uh bugs and things. And... uh, the pilots uh, blamed gremlins for all the problems with the aircraft. And so this is what he wrote his first short story about. And while he was in the British Embassy in Washington, he sent a copy of this to First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt, who read it to her grandchildren. And the book was then commissioned by Walt Disney for a movie that never got made. No. However, in 1984, Gremlins, which Steven Spielberg movie, blah, 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 it's loosely based on these Roald Dahl characters. Wow. Featuring evil and destructive Did monsters. Did he get any uh, compensation for that? Or his uh, family? Good question. I don't that? know. Yeah, he would have been... Wait, you said he was born in 1990? He was born in... No, he he was born in uh, on this date in 1916. So he, he would just been celebrating his birthday. I just thought it was cool. <laughs> that, like, his birthday was... Oh. Because okay, I... it was just his. Well, it I actually... His. Here, you want to know what's funny? He, I thought 64th birthday. Well, I thought he died on September 13th, 1990. Uh-huh. I read it wrong. He was actually born in 1916. He actually died in November of 1990. <laughs> you are So I screwed it up. Like 0 for 17. But I just wanted to talk about Roald Dahl cuz it was cuz it was like super cool and uh and then for <laughs> All right, that's wow. my that's my bad. He had a couple of adult. <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking about him because it's fine. He had a couple of adult stories that were turned into productions uh, by Alfred Hitchcock five different times, including one that was starred Steve McQueen. Uh, he wrote two screenplays, which one of which was a James Bond movie. You only what? live twice. Wow. And the British movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. What? <laughs> yeah. He wrote that. Yeah, he oh, wrote. Wow. 
he also started adopting his own novel, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, for a movie, but it was uh, bought and rewritten by this guy, David Seltzer, after Dahl failed to meet all of the deadlines wow. and then got produced under the different name Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Dahl later, they, he later disowned the film, saying he <gasps> was disappointed because he thought it placed too much emphasis on Willy Wonka and not enough on Charlie. Oh, so he wanted the movie. Well, it should he be He wanted it closer to be about Charlie. So uh, this resulted in him refusing to do any more versions of the book in his lifetime. Like <gasps> He had all these ideas for sequels, and he oh, hated the movie no. so much that he refused to do Way to go, to do Seltzer. <sighs> I know. What a jerk. What? I know. Just like true seltzer water, like all sparkles and no flavor. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry I screwed that up. I actually <laughs> thought I, when I was doing my research the other day, I thought that Do you want to tell us everybody else who September had a birthday 13th. on that day from that year, the 19th night, like you did with the Oscars? I hate you. Our cousin Lance was so <laughs> Yeah, he was like, you ruined the Oscars. You could have done it later on. <laughs> I was yeah. just talking about which movies. You just named all the movies from that year. Blue your what? <laughs> that was the first episode, by I the way. Know, the I very know. first episode. We're time. still figuring it out. Okay. Also, uh, I'm just kind of going through the week. There were a couple other cool things. Uh, also, on September 13th. Wait, is that right? No. Hold on a second. September 14th. Uh, cool thing in baseball. Only time it's ever happened in Major League history. Any idea? Any idea? <laughs> I actually remember this because I was watching that night on uh, ESPN. Was it when your guy threw a no-hitter and, and lost? lost? No, Matt Young. Uh, Mariners, Angels. It's, okay. ab- it's about the Mariners. Was this... Let's see. Was Ken Griffey there yet? Ken Griffey Jr. was involved. Inside the park, home run. Three times. He hit a home run. That hasn't landed yet. Well, no, no, it definitely landed in the outfield at Old Angels Stadium. That would be incredible. Uh, No, he had a home run, but it was part of a back-to-back home run situation with his father. His father. No way. Only time it's ever happened in Major League history. Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. hit back-to-back home runs in the first inning against the Angels in 1990. September 14th. I didn't realize they were even on the same team. Yeah, so his dad was player forever, played for the Reds, yeah. played for a bunch of different teams. And then uh, at the end of his career, he played with the Mariners, so he could play with his son. Ken Griffey was in his, I want to say, second year in 1990, and they had back-to-back home runs in the first inning. Can you imagine being able to hit in the same game as Cage? Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, softball, definitely That would never gonna, happen, because we're going to be 60 when he graduates high school. I'm still. You're gonna be sixty. I'm gonna you be. You are 50. too. I'm in gonna spirit. be fifty-seven. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen in sports. I mean, who are the other father? I mean, like right now, Frank Gore's son is in college. Yeah. And well, it's I mean, possible that he could play. Uh, possible. Frank I mean, Gore Frank Gore to get picked up. would have to play at least three or four more years. I think the one that everyone's hoping is that like LeBron James keeps playing yeah, yeah. until Bronny gets drafted because yeah. like. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that Bronny's going to make it to the NBA barring kind of catastrophic injury or downturn in his career. He's only 15 years old, so he would have to wait it out another four years to make it to the NBA if they don't change the rule allowing high schoolers to enter the league. So. You know, LeBron, can he play four more years? Yeah, probably. He looks amazing. Yeah, you know, he, he was great. yeah, he was still a top three player this year and he's age thirty seven. So LeBron would have to play into his forties to play with Bronny. Uh, and then they would have to work it out. I'm sure the NBA will just rig it so the Lakers get the draft pick to take Bronny, but it would have to be some kind of situation where they could play with each other, but most likely it seems like they'll play against each other, which will be amazing. Father playing against son in the NBA. That's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, so there hasn't been any other time when like a father, father and son, son not played. That, not that I can recall. Cal Ripken famously, his Cal Ripken Sr. famously managed the Orioles in the 80s with both of his sons, Cal Jr. and Billy Ripken, played on the same team while their dad was the manager. That was super cool. There's a lot of baseball players who've had fathers who were managers, but uh, not playing in the same game with your son, that is unheard of. And these guys hit back-to-back home runs. What about Jeter and A-Rod? Because basically, <laughs> Jeter was always A-Rod's daddy. You know what I'm saying? 
Cook well, they the played, school had to hold his they hand played everywhere. On the same side, of course. You know, A Rod, much better shortstop than Derek Jeter, volunteered to move to third base so Jeter could play shortstop. Volunteered. Like, the, you think New York was upset about 9 11? Can you <laughs> oh, imagine wow. how upset they would be if they made Derek Jeter stop being the shortstop so that A Rod could be? Get the fuck out make of here. Make Jeter move to second base so A Rod could play shortstop? They probably should have done that. Oh. There would be rioting in Times Square. An insanely better shortstop. Get out of here. I never even liked Derek Jeter until A-Rod got to that team. (laughs) And they were like, A-Rod might be the captain. And I was like, Derek Jeter's the captain of that team. (laughs) You know, like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, look, A-Rod, you know, I don't like the guy, but he did win a World Series for the Yankees in 2009. Good for him. He was a great player for a long time. A lot of it was towards the end was artificially enhanced but <laughs> if you haven't seen that documentary about A-Rod and the whole like steroid no stuff I could it's amazing sit through I mean hearing him on Sunday night baseball oh, is hard enough just unlistenable. so I cannot sit through him talking for an hour <laughs> There's no way. Okay. All right. Two other things to before we get to the one thing I really want to talk about, which is just going to be me talking because I know you've probably never seen this movie. Um, <laughs> uh, on September 18th, 1990, a six-foot-tall, 500-pound Hershey Kiss went on display in Times Square. Oh. Uh, I, Was it edible? Was it real? Yeah. Totally real. A, uh, Why did, is that when the Hershey store opened at Times Square? No, it was actually they were debuting. Uh, so the Hershey case has been around since 1907. But in 1990, they introduced an almond, almond. in the Hershey kiss. And so they were having this uh, this big stunt in the middle of Times Square to kind of uh, kick it off and kind of have a bunch of fanfare about it. Uh, the almond kisses, you know, of course, were wrapped in gold foil to distinguish them from the yeah. silver foil of the regular uh, milk chocolate. Uh, let's see. So a spokesman for Hershey said it took five years to develop and uh, get these things to be manufactured at their plant in Pennsylvania. Have you ever been to Hershey Park in Pennsylvania? Yes. Fun time. Fun time. Fun time. Yeah. I, I went one time because... Uh, my dad's family is from Pennsylvania. I don't know if we went to the park. We just went to the town. We went to the park, and uh, I don't really remember any of that. The only thing I really remember was going into the, the the store, and then you can take a little tour, and you can watch all the kisses be made. And uh, the kisses are untouched. My thing I always remembered that the kisses are untouched by human hands. So the first human hand to touch the kiss is you opening the wrapper. Ooh, how appropriate for COVID times. Yeah. Well, this was the 80s I know but yeah and so um, I thought that was super cool a six six foot 500 pound Hershey kiss and by the way imagining now there's now there's all 500 pounds now there's all the other one is Shaquille O'Neal right (laughs) he's seven foot six (laughs) foot 500 pounds that's a big friggin piece of chocolate chocolate. (laughs) where did the Hershey kiss rank for you in terms of the tiny chocolates I still think the original Hershey kiss might be my favorite yeah, um, they're delicious. I I liked the swirl ones too, the ones that milk were chocolate white and white and white. Okay, um, I definitely liked the almond ones. Okay, I think the kiss it's definitely top five. Yeah, the mint ones I thought came out great too. Gross. Dark chocolate and mint. Yeah, I know you don't like chocolate and mint. No. I don't like chocolate. I don't like mint chocolate too much. No thanks. Why? Like it's what? A, like it's the A rod like, of my <laughs> baseball team. <laughs> Like what went south? What was the bad experience that with the mint and chocolate? Because you don't even like mint chocolate chip ice cream. You don't no. like mint in your hot chocolate. Like no. and nothing. <laughs> no, it's still mint chocolate. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying different chocolate. different types of mint and chocolate together. You don't. It's not like you just don't like one thing, but you'll drink another. Like I don't like onions, but I'll eat onion rings. You know what I mean? Oh right. Yeah. No, I like, like mint like and I like chocolate. I do separate, not like them together. Separation There's of church and state. There's just something about the combination that tastes like medicine to me. What? Yeah, it tastes like cough like syrup. cherry cough syrup. Like it tastes like cough what? syrup. Like it tastes like no, it tastes like the green Nyquil to me. Oh wow. Yeah, it has the same, fe- like it like jarring, like gross, like makes my chest hurt. Was it something as a kid? Like no, I don't know. It's just like a natural aversion. Wow, that's too bad. It's I just never, never liked it. I like all kinds of other combinations. You know. What is your favorite type of chocolate? My favorite type, well, toffee. So Heath bars were always my favorite. 
Heath bar. My mom likes Heath bar. Yeah, too. yeah. Toffee covered in chocolate was always my favorite. And then a Reese cup. A Reese cup, peanut butter. Yeah. Twix. Caramel. Nougat. Yeah. You know, I like C's candy, you know. But then, like, anytime you'd get one of those boxes and, like, it has all I'd the assorted. Like, oh my God, there better not be. If I got like I don't a, get any when people would do the Andes, and then they would put Andes. Oh, Andes, my God! I but could that was box also the worst because, like at Halloween, when people would give you those, and they'd throw them in your bag, and then it touched the other. Then I could taste the oh mint, my like the essence Are you of the. Serious? I swear. So you're think you're saying someone tossed a handful of like Andes, not even a handful. Into you put bag. a couple one, in there, just one. It just one in it. your Andy, and then all of a sudden you can't eat M and M's or Baby Ruth or I whatever. I would just have to take it out and then like leave them separate for a little bit because it would still linger on. Get there. the I had stench to air it of that. Oh my goodness, that is crazy. <laughs> it's not crazy. It's real. That is crazy. Yeah, you hate mint. I just you hate no, mint. No, I and chocolate. love mint. Hate mint and chocolate. Sorry, mint and I chocolate together. I love chocolate. I don't like them together. <sighs> wow. Okay. Segue. Also on this day, nineteen ninety. Uh, Atlanta. I've heard of it. <laughs> was chosen to host the 96 Summer Olympics. Oh. To Atlanta. <laughs> big upset. You remember? By, by the way, big, big upset. Wasn't it supposed to be Greece? Well, yes. It was the 25th Olympiad, so it was the 100th anniversary of the Olympics, mm-hmm. and there was a big push to have Athens, um, since they had the first one, obviously. They uh, did? Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> and so, but they didn't get it. It was uh, Coca-Cola. Got it, it was Atlanta. Yeah. Over Athens and Belgrade and Melbourne and Toronto. Melbourne. 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 Conspiracy. Most of Toronto's votes switched to Atlanta to boost to the victory. Atlanta won 51 to 35 over Athens. Yeah. Everybody said Coca-Cola bought those Olympics. Uh, probably true. By the uh, way, totally worth it. That Atlanta Olympics, aside from the whole bombing, which is obviously terrible, mm-hmm. but was a huge hit. I mean, huge hit, very successful. Yeah, very successful. I think. Um, I mean, I even like. I remember, uh, like the kayaking and like the water sports oh, and stuff. Was so and, like, awesome. The way that they had they helped build all those like like we had natural water rapids and stuff like that. It was like, it was it was incredible. Like they did such a good job yeah. organizing it. Um, the city became a ghost town that week, which was so fun, uh, because I think I was like starting call. I was like working in, um, at Six Flags that summer. So like having to drive around Atlanta was like great because <laughs> there was no traffic because everybody was so afraid of the Olympics. Yeah. They wouldn't the, come close. The, uh, the, <laughs> the, the Greece people were, ter- were, were, pissed the greek uh, yeah the greek people a couple of the quotes here money won out over history someone said yeah. coca-cola won over the parthenon <laughs> first of all money atlanta won spent out. atlanta spent 25 million dollars on its bid more than any of the other cities first of all money wins out over history there's nothing more historical than money like money <laughs> buys everything nice greece you know what i mean yeah like I mean, what are you gonna do in Greece? Like half of that city is crumbling. You can't build anything new. Yeah, everything there is like a zillion. But we've years talked old. about it before. You're like you, you went and hung out, and like we're all around the city during the. Oh yeah, games yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. It was yeah. super organized and and lovely. Um, uh, you know, sometimes uh, older countries like Greece and like I've been to Istanbul. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like. It would be very difficult to host a lot of people. Like, it would be very difficult to get everyone in the world to go. I think Americans love Olympics and sports, and we kind of dominate those events. And you want Americans to go. Like, that's yeah. the like a big way that you're going to make money off of tickets. Right. And so, getting people to go to Greece, like the infrastructure in Greece, would be very difficult to yeah, yeah. sustain. Yeah, they wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. Yeah. They they would have needed a new airport, subway extensions, <laughs> highways, and modern telecommunication systems. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a bit. Athens officials estimated the city's infrastructure costs at eight billion dollars, and they just didn't have it. Whereas yeah. Atlanta had all the stadiums, yeah. subways, major major airport, and uh, they just could have made it happen, and they did. And we already had a subway system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tons of roads, tons of hotels. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see it. I mean, the Olympics is coming here in eight years. I don't know if yeah. we'll still be here, but the Olympics is coming to Los Angeles in 2028, and it's going to be something. Well, they're already working on it. Like, they're already working yeah. on the train system yep. to make sure they that, have to. that they have, they to, have, have to. to. They don't have a choice. But L.A. obviously has tons of stadiums, tons of hotel space. Uh, and you know, once they get the train system down, it'll be the perfect city. I just we just got a second soccer stadium. Yeah, there's two soccer stadiums. There's the, there's the Rose Bowl. There's the new stadium right. they just built, the Coliseum. Like, we've got it. I don't know if I want to be around for it, but it's gonna be cool having the you know having the Olympics here. I mean, anymore, like uh, obviously, like people don't drive themselves to these events. Like they take trains, they take buses, they right. take Ubers. So. Uh, anymore, it doesn't really feel like it impede, and like a lot of people leave town whenever a big event yeah. like that is going on. I think I'll be leaving town if. Okay, you'll be covering it because you'll still be working in sports. Yeah, probably. Okay, last thing, and this is really just for me. This okay. is self service for the host. <laughs> uh, September nineteenth, nineteen ninety, the last day of my week. One of my favorite movies of all time released, Goodfellas. Oh, Goodfellas. One of the greatest movies <laughs> of all time. An absolute Mount would Rushmore say... movie. An absolute Mount Rushmore movie. One of the movies I would take to a desert island. It is just fantastic start to finish. Do you think it should have been named Great Fellas? You're stupid. <laughs> have you ever seen it beginning to end? Not beginning to end, no. <sighs> Ugh. How about I'll watch Goodfellas if I watch Titanic beginning to end? <laughs> no, oh. if you watch Law and Order, an episode that I choose. Just one episode? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great because that's only like 48 minutes, whereas Goodfellas is like two and a half hours. So I, that's a win for me. I know. I'll pick a season finale or something. A season, two hours. A season finale is two and a half hours. I still can't. I just, you know, every time this movie comes on, I always ask you, oh, it, this is great. And you're just like, never seen it. I'm like, it's how have you never movie. seen this movie? movie. It just is a dude like movie because it's about the mafia, but it's still interesting. There's still great characters. There's still uh, it's Martin Scorsese's best movie. It's Robert De Niro, one of his finest performances. Joe Pesci wins the Oscar. It's like the peak of Ray Liotta's career. Like everything about it is great. I understand that it's a bro movie, but I, I just don't know there I, why you can't get into it because it has all the things that you like. There's murder and conspiracy, and the government's involved, and there's like. You know, there are no. tons of shady dudes and it's funny. It's really hilarious. It's because um, the bad guys win. That's why I don't like those movies. Interesting. Because there's no moral authority that wins out. Like, good people don't win. And, like, I that's mean, they all end up in jail. I mean, Henry Hill, spoiler alert, like, he flips and, like, rats on all of his buddies. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, like, I think it's like this glorified, this like glorified lifestyle that I like okay. can't connect to because it's not something that I have ever wanted. Whereas, so you like, think you putting think... someone away who's who's a, okay. a dickhead that feels good. Interesting. <laughs> you know, like I always, I think there's like a part of women that like love being detectives because we are like I say in my act like we are natural detectives like we notice shit all the time. Okay. We do. I'm like, why did he sweep the floor? Did right. he spill something? Right. <laughs> you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think women are natural detectives. And so in like law and order and things that are just and right and like things, you know, so like this idea of like making money by scamming people out of it and, you know, people being upset that they're going to prison for that. Like, I don't relate to that. Interesting. <laughs> I guess I never thought of it that way. So you think that most dudes want to be in the mob or like think of their buddies as like some sort of crew. No. no, no, no. I think it's a power thing. I think it's a power, like this power that you have by not having to go to any kind of training for, do you know what I mean? It's like this lazy kind of power. It's like this inherited power that you get from your family. Your family protects you. Men are very into family mm -hmm. and they're very loyal to their families, even if their family is terrible to them. Whereas I think women are more likely to cut you out. <laughs> uh, and I think that uh, it's the idea of like people being afraid of you. Okay. I think that is something that men can relate to. Whereas I think women relate to, uh, I don't care if you're not afraid of me, the law's on my side, you're going to jail, asshole. Right. 
where these people don't care about the law. No. Yeah, they just take it into their own hands. Yeah, so you guys care about power that is based on, you know, weaponry, and I think women care about power based on justice. That's fair. And it's, <laughs> it's funny that both... This, that made you very quiet. Well, I'm I actually just, I, haven't really thought about it. I was just I, trying like, to listen to what you were, uh, how you were explaining I it. I think it's something that's maybe been in the back of my mind that I've never really, re- you know... Yeah, I was just explain. Uh, like I said, I was just trying to listen to you ex- explain it. I mean, it's funny. This is based on a true story. It's written by this uh, this guy, this book, Wise Guy, by Nicholas Pileggi, and um, you know, it's about Henry Hill, this who was a real guy who mm-hmm. just died recently, yeah. and who was in this powerful crime family, and then he eventually flipped, went into witness protection, and then when everybody died, he came out. And he was like on Howard Stern all the time, and yeah. he became like super famous. Like, oh yeah, I'm the guy from Goodfellas. I'm Henry Hill, blah blah blah. And like, like I said, he was always on Stern, which was like super funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, these guys are terrible people. It's like it's kind of like why I love Sopranos so much. It's yeah. just kind of they're funny because they're so ridiculous, and they don't realize how ridiculous they are. Well, it's the anti-hero. That's what the yeah, but Sopranos nobody this, is based on. The yeah, anti-hero. Sop- Sopranos for sure, but like Goodfellas, I don't know. None of these guys have any redeeming qualities. They're all mm-hmm. scumbags, murderers, and liars, and cheats, and whatever. It's just you know, it's just a, it's just a fun movie. Like you said, it's kind of a guy fantasy uh, to like think that you could be involved and do all of these things, but none of us really could. So you're just kind of living vicariously. Yeah. I think uh, men grow, grow up having all this responsibility. So watching other men who shirk responsibility and just do whatever the fuck they want. (laughs) is probably very fun to watch. Yeah. It's fun. One of the, I mean, obviously there's so many great scenes in this movie, but one of the ones you talk about responsibility, like Henry, and Karen had just gotten married, and uh, they lived at Karen's parents' house. And, of course, Henry was out all night partying with his friends and gambling and doing God knows what. And Karen and her parents are up <laughs> up at night waiting for him to come home. <laughs> and he walks in the door, and the mom starts just going off like, Where have you been? We have been out What have you been doing? And Henry just laughs and then leaves. <laughs> like, just doesn't right. give a shit. Like, yeah. I, these guys don't care about anything except themselves and their money yeah. and their power. And it's uh, Well, isn't that a fantasy to be able to get away with something like I, that? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Or just like not care. To not care. Yeah, yeah, to just yeah. not care so much about, you know, other people's feelings, too. Right. Like, just yes, totally. I totally yeah. understand that at being a fantasy. I can understand why men love The Godfather, why men love yeah. Goodfellas. Uh and I, I, you know, I have no objection to it. It's just not something that I can understand be, because or it's not something that I can, you know, look up to or like get into because it's just like nothing I care about. Yeah. OK, so here's what we're going to do. Bef- maybe not before next episode, but before a coming episode, we're going to sit down and watch Goodfellas together. And then you can pick some on order episodes and we will sit down and watch those. I'd like to change it to Titanic. You're going to change it to Titanic? Yeah. I think that's more fair because we already had this argument about Titanic and The Godfather. Right. And so I'd like to change it to Titanic. Okay. Okay. So do you want to watch another the, movie from the 90s? Do you want to watch The Godfather or do you want to watch Goodfellas? No, whichever, would you, whichever one you choose. Okay. We can watch Goodfellas. Okay. Because it's not as long as The Godfather, even though I know Titanic is kind of long. But they're about the same. Yeah, two and a half hours. Yeah. Okay, so not before, maybe not next week's episode, but before a future maybe episode. Have to have, cannot have our phones in our hand. No, we're just going to sit mm-hmm. and watch it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take it in, and then we'll report, report back. Yep. Fair? Fair. Fair. Okay. Do you want to shake on it? Do we want to shake? I mean, okay, this is us shaking. For audio purposes, and I'm gonna, <laughs> so I'm gonna tickle her a little bit. No, I'll do what my grandfather used to always no. do. No, go ahead. Just, just shake my hand. Squeezed my hand too tight. He, and, he, and he'd always like Stop. do my knuckles together. My grandfather used to do that well, to that me. That doesn't mean you would do that to yeah, your but lady. I, yeah, but I was like a little boy. I think that's even worse. So? Then you should know better than to do it. I'm gonna teach Cage how to do it. It's, <laughs> impor- it's important to have a firm handshake. I get complimented all the time. I my, do too. Uh, on my handshake. I get a lot of compliments on my handshake. I haven't, I have I haven't no, shaken anyone's hand have in quite some time. No fear that he's going to have a strong handshake. 
he already has a very tight grip. Based on, on pulling all of your hair out. Yes. <laughs> he just like rips my chest hair. I know. It's just terrible. Wow. All right, we got to be done here. We got to be done. All right, folks, uh, that's episode seven, September 13th through the 19th. 1990, 1992 weeks in a row. So you can't do 1990. We can't have three weeks in a row. Don't worry, I'm not. I just thought this was great because I wanted to talk about Law and Order with you. Thank you. That was so great. Dum dum. Bum bum. Dum dum. It's the first one is stronger. Dum dum. Bum bum. Bum 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 bum. All right, we're getting banned. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Check us out on all the socials at Week in the 90s Pod, and we will see you next week. This week in the 90s podcast.